In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, tonight, we will study chapter uh, 21 from the Gospel of St. John, and this is actually the last chapter in the Gospel of St. John. Uh, St. John, at the end of chapter 20, he stated his aim in writing his gospel when he said many miracles were performed by the Lord Jesus Christ but these were written in order to believe that Jesus is the Christ and when you believe Jesus is the Christ you will have eternal life that's why because he concluded and made it clear the aim in writing his gospel in chapter 20 some has assume, have assumed that chapter 21 has been added in at a later time so it's not original however chapter 21 is quoted by many early church fathers also it is included in the commentary on the Gospel of St. John by early mid-3rd century biblical scholars. And scholar origin uh, also uh, mentioned chapter 21 as authentic chapter from the Gospel of St. John. Uh, also, no copy of the Gospel of St. John has ever been found without the addition of chapter 21. Because of all these evidences, we confirm that chapter 21 is an original text written by St. John himself, uh, original text from the Gospel of St. John. The chapter outline, we can actually divide the chapter into four sections. The first section, the Lord's appearance by Lake Tiberius, from verse 1 to 14. From 15 to 19, the Lord restores Peter. From 20 to 23, the Lord's speak about John, John the Beloved. And the last two verses 24 and 25, these are concluding words by St. John. So, let's start from verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. After these things means after all the events that he mentioned before in chapter 20, like the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, his appearance to Mary Magdalene, twice to his disciples, once when Thomas was absent, and another when Thomas was present. So after all these events that he mentioned, in chapter 20, he appeared to his disciples. Not all of them, but only to seven. Seven are only mentioned as together. So this time he appeared only to seven. At the Sea of Tiberias, this sea actually is the same sea uh, of Galilee. Uh, and it is situated in Galilee. Uh, in the other Gospels, they refer to him the Sea of Galilee. But only St. John in his Gospel mentioned this sea as Sea of Tiberias. So what's the story behind changing the name from Galilee to uh, Tiberias? Herod Antipas, the son of Herod the Great, built a new administrative capital 
on the southwestern shore of the Sea of Galilee. And he built this capital almost seven to eight years before the beginning of the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Herod Antipas dedicated this uh, capital or city in honor of the Roman Emperor Tiberius Caesar. That's why he called this city, City of Tiberias. Not only that, but Herod Antipas named the uh, lake in honor of the emperor names. So he named also the lake or the Sea of Galilee. He named the Sea of Galilee also the Sea of Tiberias. So he changed the name into Sea of Tiberias. This, as explained, seven to eight years before the beginning of the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. Since the lake was only renamed few years before the ministry of the Lord, so other Gospels refer to the lake or to the sea by its older Aramaic and Hebrew names because this name was common. And this older designation helps to identify the date uh, when the three other Gospels, we call them Synoptic Gospels, were written. Because in these three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they referred to this lake by all the name, Sea of Galilee. So, the Biblical scholars say the date of these three Gospels within decade, within 10 years from the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but John wrote his Gospel about 30 years after the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ and wrote his Gospel to the Greek, to the Roman Christian in Asia Minor. Uh, that's why it makes sense that he doesn't use the Aramaic name, but he used the Roman name. That's why when St. John writes about this sea, he call it Sea of Tiberias. That is the Roman name given by Herod Antipas. So here the Lord made himself visible to, seize, uh, to these seven disciples. Among them was Nathaniel, whom John did not mention from chapter 1 after his first meeting to the Lord until chapter 21. So, verse 2, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples, Two others of his disciples were together. So we have seven here. Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples, he did not mention their name. Nathaniel, some scholars say he is the same as Bartholomew, one of the twelve disciples. So who are the two other disciples? Uh, most probably, Philip from Bethsaida, the friend of Nathaniel, and Andrew from Capernaum, the brother of Peter. These were most probably the two other disciples. Uh, verse 3. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Uh, so, when Peter said, I am f going fishing, uh, it could be an indication that these men, the seven fishermen, were abandoning the path that they had lived 
three years with the Lord Jesus Christ. And now they were returning to their old way of life. Uh, although the Lord, when he appeared to them in, in, in the upper room and told them, uh, he breathed in their face and told them, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So apparently they were not aware of the commission of what this commission means. What is required from them? So maybe they decided to go back to their older profession. Other scholars think that going fishing, because they were waiting for a long time for another appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ, so just they are going to make use of their time. Maybe also Peter didn't want to live an idle life and he want to obtain a livelihood uh, so now he is seeking uh, livelihood so he said I will go uh, uh, I'm going fishing uh, he suggests to go and the rest of the disciples the other six actually agreed with him for them at this time, actually, the future was unclear and they could not comprehend the nature of their new life after being physically separated from the Lord Jesus Christ. Because even after his resurrection, he appeared to them several times. He was not living with them like before his crucifixion. They had received the mission of preaching to the whole world but they had not yet experienced the joy of the Holy Spirit to guide them in their new task because the Holy Spirit descended upon them 10 days after the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ or maybe this episode meant to tell us that they had a choice either to take up their old way of life or to choose to follow the Lord Jesus Christ in, uh, and, and follow his uh, commission to them. Uh, at the custom of uh, fishing, they went out in the evening of the day and they fished all night uh, and most probably this was the proper time for such business but they, they caught nothing. They caught nothing. Verse 4. When the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Uh, When the Lord appeared to them, as expected, he caused success after failure. Uh, and they were able to catch many fish as we explain, in order to remind them with the lesson that he told them in John chapter 15 and verse 5, without me, you cannot achieve anything. So only with the presence of the Lord will be successful. St. Gregory the Great said, Why did Peter return to do what he had left? We know he was a fisherman, while Matthew was a tax collector. Peter resumed his work after he had become a believer, whereas Matthew never returned to be a tax collector. This is because obtaining a livelihood through fishing is one thing, while tax collecting is another. There are many jobs that cannot be partially or wholly done without committing sins or mistake. It is forbidden to resume such jobs 
after becoming believers as they are associated with sin. So in summary, St. Gregory is saying, Peter was able to go back to his old fish, uh, old uh, job because this job as a fisherman, there is nothing sinful in it. But Matthew, after became a believer, cannot return to his old job as a tax collector because there is sin involved. Here we read that Jesus stood on the shore. The word expressed the sudden appearance without any indication of his coming. So suddenly they saw him standing at the shore. But the disciples did not recognize the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Could be lack of light and visibility because it was too early in the morning. Or maybe they were too far away in the sea so couldn't recognize him. Or maybe he had taken a different form as when he appeared to the two disciples going to Amwes or the appearance that mentioned in Mark chapter 16. St. John Chrysostom says that the Lord did not reveal himself to them in order to engage them in conversation so he can talk with them. That's why he did not reveal himself. Verse 5 Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. Any food means anything eaten with bread. Here, referring to fish, because they were fishermen. So, it seems that according to their experience, as fishermen, they labored all night, but they caught nothing. So when he told him, do you have any food? They told him, no. Verse 6, he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find the sum. So they cast, and now they were able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Apparently, they were casting the nets on the left side of the, of the boat. Uh, maybe that is the right place for fish in, in, in this lake. However, the Lord told them, cast the net on the right side. And without knowing who was he, they actually heeded to his advice and obeyed him humbly and uh, struggled patiently without raising any objection or any assertion of self-confidence. They didn't tell him, we are fishermen and we know the sea very well. And, and we have been a long time in this practice. But humbly, they obeyed him. And they were able actually, because they obeyed him, to catch many, many fish. The word the multitude of fish, actually, it suggests the surprising result that would accompany their labor when they start to be fishers of men. So, as fishers of men, they will be able to catch multiple or multitude of fish into the net. And net here is the church. Verse 7. Therefore, that disciples whom Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. So, the characteristic of these two apostles, Peter and John, are very, very clear in verse 7. John was the first one to apprehend, and Peter is the first one to act. Uh, <coughs> John 
most probably who was able to see the Lord. Maybe because he was more spiritual, so he saw the Lord with the eyes of faith. Or we know that John was much younger than the rest of the uh, apostles. So maybe he has better eyesight than the older companions. Uh, or maybe he was at a place uh, where he had a better view of the Lord Jesus Christ standing at the shore. It was a custom to remove, to remove one's outer garment uh, and to wear only some undergarment when fishing. So when John said, it is the Lord, Peter dressed even before jumping into the water out of modesty and reverence for his master. And here actually I have a comment uh, about modesty in the church. Not only the church, but as a Christian, how all the time actually we should present ourselves, especially when we go to church uh, in a respectful way that honors God. Then he ties his outer garment so that he will have the freedom to swim. Jumping and swimming, these actions express someone who was overcome with joy over the re reunion he had been awaiting with great anticipation. So he couldn't wait. So he jumped and swam quickly in order to reconnect with the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8, But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. So, they were about 100 English yards, so it was a short distance. Uh, that's why they were able to drag the net in, in this short distance. And the Bible tells us the net was not broken, although filled. Uh, the net was not broken, although filled, as we read in verse uh, 11. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land, full of large fish, 153, and although there were so many, the net was not broken. The net was not broken. Uh, they did not further attempt to lift it. They pulled it to the shore. And again, as I will explain, it is significant that this time the net did not break. Uh, actually, we can say it is Jesus Christ who is in charge of the catch. Because based on his word, when he told them, cast the net on the right side, they were able to catch multitude of fish. The fathers of the church saw the boat of Peter as a symbol of the church of the New Testament. So, as the boat can be tossed on a stormy seas, so the church also may be tossed on stormy seas. But it is the Lord's will that the church should prevail and bring in an abundant harvest of soul. In spite of all the persecution and attacks, but the church will prevail and will bring abundant harvest of souls. Uh, so if the boat represents the church, the fish are symbols, symbolic of souls harvested by the church of God. So the fish represent the souls. Uh, verse 9. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it and bread. So as the great catch of fish was miraculous, so in the same way the sudden 
provision of fish placed over the coals and the bread which had been prepared by the Lord Jesus Christ is also miraculous. Is also miraculous. And we can see the scene here is like a celebration. Fish and, and bread. Saint Jerome says they prepare he he is the Lord Jesus Christ. He prepared grilled fish on coals in order to be a tangible proof to the doubtful disciples who did not dare to come close to him as they thought they were seeing a spirit and not a body. So some of them said maybe he is a spirit. That's why God provided them with grilled fish in order to, for them to have a tangible proof that he has risen with his body. Also, St. Gregory the Great says, Although the Lord asked them if they had any food, and as though he was hungry, yet he offered them food that did not require and depend on weak human effort. The Lord has truly invited us to work for his account. But the pleasing fruit and heavenly food which pleases God the Father are the work of the Lord Jesus Christ himself and the act of the Holy Spirit. So, in summary, St. Gregory saying, the Lord asked for food as if he's hungry, but he is one, he is the one who actually offered them food. And the food that he offered did not depend on their weak human effort. In the same way, in ministry, God invited us to work with him. But our work is weak. So, the real fruit will be the work of the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's what St. Gregory is saying. Verse 10, Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. So, now the new supply that they just caught from the sea was added to the meal already provided. And the Lord permitted his disciples to join his meal and to rejoice with him at the success of their labor after they caught many fish. He made them feel that they shared in the effort, although it was all his work. When he told them, cast the net on the left, uh, right side. So they participated. But everything actually is his blessing and his work. And here, this miracle, the circumstance is highly uh, symbolic. Symbolic of the common joy which would fill the heart of God and the heart of the disciples and the heart of any Christian when the fullness of the Gentiles and the Jews both of them will come in together and be saved. And I will explain why Gentiles and, and, and Jews. But here actually we can see it's a symbol the 153 fish is a symbol of the Gentiles and Jews came together in one boat in one church. St. Jerome says, The Lord commanded the disciples to bring of the fish that they had caught in order to clarify that the miracle before them was not a mere imagination. So when he told them, bring from the fish, and they added to the fish existed, so by their own eyes, they will see these grilled fish and they can recognize this miracle. Verse 11, Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land, full of large fish, 153, and although there were so many, the net was not broken. Many actually fathers uh, try to give symbolic meaning to the number, number 153. 
And I will share with you some views. St. Cyril of Alexandria, he said three represent divinity, trinity, sorry, three represent trinity, then 150 represent the success of the apostolic ministry among the Gentiles and the Jews, because the number of Gentiles more than the number of the Jews. So the 353, the three is trinity, 50 is the Jews, 100 is the Gentiles, and all of them are together in the Church of God. Augustine said number 10 represented the law, law, Old Testament, the Ten Commandments. And number 7 represented the Spirit, the New Testament, seven seconds. So, Number seven, I can say, represent the Gentiles, and number ten, represent the Jews. So together, Gentiles and Jews will be 17. And if you add one, plus two, plus three, plus four, plus five, test 17, so the number will be 153. So the number represent all who are brought to God under every dispensation of grace. Every, the Gentiles and the Jews. St. Gregory the Great, also, he said the 17 represent the, uh, the Gentiles and the Jews. But he did not add them up like St. Augustine. But he said the Gentiles and the Jews only by believing in the Holy Trinity, then they can reach the fullness of salvation. That's why the 17 must be multiplied by 3, the Holy Trinity, so the outcome will be 51. And said 51 also, which is number of true rest, has to be multiplied by another 3 to complete the glory of the perfect. So, if you multiply again by another three, the number will be 153. Uh, St. Jerome has a very interesting observation. He said the Greek uh, zoologist, zoology is a science of understanding animals. So, zoologists, so the scholars or the scientists. So, these zoologists had determined that they were 153 different kinds of fish in the Sea of Tiberias. So, the different kind of fish, 153. So, this is a symbolic of every tribe of the earth being brought back into the family of God, the Church of God, from every tribe, from every tongue, from every nation. And the net was not broken. The miracle that the Lord performed in the beginning of his ministry in Luke chapter 5, catching many fish, Luke 5 from verse 1 to 11, actually the net was broken. So why there the net was broken? Here the net was not broken. The first miracle represented the visible church here on earth. The contemporary church right now. Containing good and bad. And the net is cast without special direction. When the Lord told them, he told them, launch to the deep and catch your net for a catch. But here he told them on the right side. The net was broken and many escaped in the first miracle before resurrection. Uh, so, this represents the visible church. Some people may leave the church. That's why the net is, is broken. And the net has the good and bad. But this one, after the resurrection, represents the elect of God the those who are 
the chosen ones, all are good. And the net, not broken. None is lost. And the net brought to the shore safely. So the two miracles represent the church militant, the struggling church here on earth, and the other one, the victorious church, the triumphant church. So this miracle represent the triumphant church. Uh, the first one, the struggling church or the militant church, uh, gathers together untold number from both good and bad. We, we, we don't know the number. And gathered this fish from the troubled waters of the world, good and bad. And it's net is torn with the schism. Now we have thousands of denominations. But the second miracle has definite number, 153, which means God knows the number of his elect. And they were caught not on a stormy ocean like first miracle, but on the shore of the Sea of Tiberias which actually is symbolic of the eternal shore of peace. Verse 12, Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. So the Lord calls them to the meal, he becomes once more their host and their minister. He's serving them. And they approached him in reverent silence. Did not ask him even who are you. Knowing he is the Lord. So maybe the, some of them want uh, or had the desire of assurance uh, by his own word that I am the Lord. But Nobody dared to ask him, who are you? The Greek word, you know, the Gospel of St. John is written in Greek. The word they did not dare to ask, the word ask here means they did not dare to prove or to inquire. Inquire or prove. They were afraid to approach him. So he came and approached them and invited them to the meal. And he distributed both bread and fish to his disciples. Uh, verse 13, Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. So he distributed the fish and bread. So in a spiritual sense, he provided plentifully for his people. Give them to eat of the hidden manna and tree of life. He is leading us to fountains of living water. Encourage us to eat and drink freely what is of his own preparing and at his own expense provided for them. That's the spiritual meaning here. Then the last verse in our Bible study tonight, verse 14. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Uh, and, and John here, he's giving his own witness about the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we count the appearance, he appeared to Mary, he appeared to the disciples, then he appeared to the disciples with Thomas, then now in the Sea of Tiberias. So they are not three. So St. John actually, apparently, he passes over the appearance to Mary Magdalene and others. So he is counting only the appearance to the disciples, which are three so far. The first one, on the day of resurrection, he appeared to ten disciples. 
The second time, one week later, he appeared to eleven with Thomas. Then, to these seven, this is the third appearance. Let me give you a quick summary about the appearances of our Lord Jesus Christ after resurrection. He appeared to Mary Magdalene. He appeared to the women who went to the tomb. He appeared to two disciples on the road to Amwes. He appeared to Peter only. Then to the two disciples when Thomas was absent. Ten disciples, I'm sorry. Then to the eleven disciples on the eighth day of resurrection when Thomas was present. Then to seven disciples, the miracle that was just read today. To his disciples on a certain mountain in Galilee, as we read in Matthew 28. To more than 500 brothers, as we read in 1 Corinthians 15.6. To James, as we read in 1 Corinthians 15.7. And to all the disciples on the day of his ascension to heaven. So we know 11 different, different appearances of our Lord Jesus Christ after his resurrection. Uh, I will give summary in Arabic. Had the Mulakhaz bil Arabi. Nabnidris is Hahwahduashreen. Sahwahduashreen, the Echir is Hahfi in Gil Yohan. We will bad Haza Azhara Aidan Yasuan of Sahulit Telamiz ala Bahr Tabaria. E Bahr Tabaria, the whole Bahr Galil. Cassito in Herodis Antibas. ابن هيرودس الكبير حب يبني زي مدينة صغيرة جنب بحر الجليل وسماها على اسم الامبراطور تيبارياس طبري وغير اسم البحر من بحر الجليل لبحر طبري القصة دي عملها حوالي سبع سنين قبل ما سيد المسيح ابتدي خدمته فالتلاميذ متى ومرقص ولقى كتبوا في خلال عشر سنين من صعود ربنا يسوع المسيح فيعني كتبوا حوالي لو قلنا في خلال عشر سنين والخدمة السيد المسيح ثلاث سنين وسبعة سنين قبلها تعاملت المدينة ديا يبقى نتكلم على عشرين سنة ثم كتبوا في خلال عشرين سنة عشان كده استخدموا التسمية القديمة الأراميك اللي هي الناس متعارفة عليها بحر جليل لكن يوحنا اللي كتب إنجيله أكثر من 30 سنة وكتبه للناس في أسيا الصغرى عشان كده استخدم الاسم الروماني اللي هو بحر طبري إنما بحر طبري هو بحر الجليل كانوا سبعة من السبعة دولت بطرس وتوما ونثنائيل اللي هو من قانا جليل وابن زبدي اللي هم يوحنا ويعقوب وقالوا إثنان أخران من تلاميذه من الاثنين التانيين المفسرين بيخمروا يكون بطرس وإندراوس يبقى أندراوس ولأن فلوبس كان صاحب نسنائيد يبقى فلوبس وهم الاثنين من الجليل بطرس قال لهم أنا ذاهب أتصيد قالوا له نذهب معك أيضا نذهب نحن أيضا معك فخرجوا ودخلوا السفينة للوقت وفي تلك الليلة لم يمسكوا شيئا هل بطرس خلاص راجع للشغلانة القديمة بتاعته ما كانوش فاهمين لما ربنا قال لهم اذهبوا وكرزوا بالإنجيل للخليقة كلها هل بطرس كان مجرد بيشتغل عشان بس يدخل دخل لأسرته هل كان بيسل وقته على أساس المسيح ما زرهمش بقاله فترة فنزل يشتغل بدل ما هو قاعد كده ما بيعملش حاجة هل ده رسالة تقولنا إن بطرس كان عنده اختيار إنه يرجع لحياته الأولى أو يتبع المسيح هو وبقية التلاميذ الستة الآخرين لكن تعبوا الليل كله ولم يصطدوا شيئا يقولك ولما كان الصبح وقف يسوع على الشاطئ فجأة كده لقوا في شخص وقف على الشاطئ هم معرفوهوش ولكن التلاميذ لم يكونوا يعلموا أنه يسوع ربما الإضاءة ضعيفة عشان لسه الصبح بدري ربما القارب كان لسه بعيد فما قدرش يشوفوه أو ربما ربنا أخفى نفسه زي ما أخفى نفسه عن تلمزاية عمواس فالشخص ده اللي هو ربنا يسوع المسيح بس هم مش عارفينه 
قال لهم يا غلمان العل عندكم إداما إداما يعني أكل تاكل بعيش قولوا لهم الصيدين سمك كانوا بيقولوا لهم عندكم سمك ناكله قالوا له لا هم صدوش حاجة طريق لي فقال لهم القوا الشبكة إلى جانب السفينة الأيمن فتجدوا فألقوا ولم يعودوا يقدرون أن يجذبوها من كثرة السمك تورت ناس صيادين يعني عندهم خبرة وغالبا كانوا بيصدوا عن ناحية الشمال ده مكان السمك فواحد جاء لهم إلقوا عن ناحية اليمين فوضع بتاعهم خلاهم ينفذوا ما قالولهوش احنا عندنا خبرة هم مش عارفين هو مين لغاية دلوقتي لكن بمنتهى التواضع سمعوا الكلام ولما رموا الشبكة في جانب السفينة أيمن قدروا يصطادوا سمك كتير فيوحنا الحبيب قال لبطرس هو الرب يوحنا عرفه بقى على طول قال هو ده ربنا ما هو نفس المعجزة تتعاملت معنا قبل كده سمعان بطرس لما سمع كانت العادة هما بيصطادوا ان يبقى قالع الروب الخارجي او الرداء الخارجي يعني فراح اقتذر بثوبه وألقى نفسه في البحر احترام لربنا وحشمة منه كيف يبقى موجود في حضرة ربنا وده درس لنا كيف نجلس بحشمة في حضرة ربنا وبأي ملابس نروح بيها الكنيسة بطرس من كتر فرحته لسه هيستنى لما القارب يوصل للشط فرح ناطط وعام لأنه كان فرحان جدا هشوف سيد المسيح أما التلاميذ الآخرون فجاءوا بالسفينة لأنهم لم يكونوا بعدين عن الأرض إلا نحو مئتي زراع وهم يجرون شبكة السماء يعني خلوا الشبكة في المية ولأن المسافة صغيرة فهو بالقارب كده ابتدوا يجروها لغاية لما وصلوا للشاطئ ولما خرجوا إلى الأرض نظروا جمرا موضوعا فحم يعني وسمك موضوع عليه خبز طبعا دي معجزة المسيح جاب الخبز منين جاب السمك منين فدي معجزة فقال لهم يسوع قدموا من السمك الذي أمسكتم الآن ليه بقى لهم قدموا من السمك اللي أمسكتم الآن عشان يجوا يشوفوا السمك التاني المشوي فيتأكدوا من المعجزتين معجز السمك اللي استضوه والسمك اللي ربنا أجابه وفي نفس الوقت يتأكدوا المسيح كان بيأكل معهم عشان يثبت لهم حقيقة قيامته إنه هو مش روح إنه هو قام بجسده فصعد السمعان بطرس وجاسب الشبكة إلى الأرض ممتلأ سمكا كبيرة 153 سمكة ومع هذه الكثرة لم تتخرج الشبكة كتير حبوا يفسروا 153 قديس غوريس قال ثلاثة يرمز لي الثلاث القدوس 50 ترمز لليهود ومية للأمم لأن عدد الأمم أكتر من عدد اليهود فهذا المية ثلاثة وخمسين وغصينوس قال لأ عشرة يرمز لليهود وسبعة ترمز للأمم الوصال عشرة وسبعة أسرار في وقت السبعة عشر قال لو عدينا واحد زائد اثنين زائد ثلاثة زائد أربعة زائد خمسة لغاية السبعة عشر يبقى مية ثلاثة وخمسين فقال يبقى هو الرقم ده يرمز للكنيسة اللي فيها اليهود والأمم مع بعض زي ما المسيح في قيامته وبصليبه وحد اليهود والأمم في رأي تاني برضه على السبعتاشر بيقول لا السبعتاشر ده لو ضربنا السبعتاشر في تلاتة يبقى واحد وخمسين تلاتة دي الثلاثة القدوس فهم اليهود والأمم بس اليهود والأمم أمنوا بالثلاث القدوس وقال لو ضربنا 51 في 3 تانية فتبقى دي كمال البركة والقيامة ويبقى العدد 153 في قديس جيروم قال إن الناس المتخصصين في عالم البحار قالوا في بحيرة طبرية كان في 153 نوع سمكة مختلف وكأن أن يستطيع 153 يعني من كل الأمم من كل القبائل من كل الشعوب من كل اللسان المسيح عمل معجزتين 
المعجزة الأولى قبل القيامة والتانية بعد القيامة ولو خليتوا بالكم الحد اللي فات في إنجيل عشية اتقرى الإنجيل بتاع المعجزة الأولى اللي قبل القيامة وفي إنجيل باكر قرينا المعجزة اللي هي بعد القيامة المعجزة الأولى الشبكة اتخرقت ربنا ما قالهمش يرموها على اليمين قال ادخلوا العمق والقوا شبكهم للصوت فبترمز للكنيسة المجاهدة الشبكة المخرقة ديا فيها خروم ترمز للهرطقات والبدع والانقسامات اللي موجودة جوه الكنيسة والشبكة جامعة من الرديء والجيد يعني هنا الكنيسة فيها الكويس والوحش وكلمة متخرق يعني فيه خروم والسمك بيهرب زي ما الناس ممكن بتسيب الكنيسة عشان كده ما لهمش جانب السفينة الأيمن لمهم من أي حد لكن الكنيسة المنتصرة اللي هي بعد القيامة العدد معروف الشبكة ما تخرقتش فيش حد بيهرب منها كل سبك كبير مؤمنين أقوياء في الإيمان وجايبوين من الجانب الأيمن والجانب الأيمن يرمز للقوة ويرمز إلى ال- ال- الإيمان السليم والبركة زي ما ربنا بيحط الخراف على يمينه والجداء على يسر فعلشان كده الأباء قرنوا ما بين المعجزتين دولة قبل القيامة وزي ما قلنا 153 لأن السماء من كل القبائل ومن كل اللسان ومن كل الشعوب يهود وأمم هيبقوا موجودين ربنا عزاهم على الغد قال لهم يسوع هلوم تغدوا ولم يكسر أحد من التلاميذ أن يسألوا من أنت إذ كانوا يعلمون هو رب يعني هم حتى لو كان في شكوك بس مكسوفين يقولوا له هو مين لأن هم أنمس متأكدين أن هو ربنا يسوع المسيح بعد خيمته يقول ثم جاء يسوع وأخذ الخبز وأعطاهم وكذلك السمك وهنا معنى رمزي أن ربنا المشبع لاحتياجاتنا يعني هو اللي ادهم الخبز وهو اللي ادهم السمك أيضا في الخدمة هو اللي بيدينا الإمكانيات اللي احنا بنخدم بيها لأن زي ما قال بدوني لا تقدروا أن تفعلوا شيء طالما ربنا موجود معنا في الخدمة نقدر نخدم خدمة نكهة آخر آية هذه مرة ثالثة ظهر يسوع لتلميذه بعدها مقام من الأمات إزاي ثلاث مرات لأنه هو مش بيعد كل الظهرات هو بيعد الظهور للتلاميذ فقط مرة ثالثة ظهر يسوع لتلاميذه فالمرة الأولى لما كانوا يوم أحد القيامة بدون توما المرة الثانية بعدها بأسبوع مع توما دي المرة الثالثة مع سبع تلاميذ ده ينهي دراستنا النهاردة في صح 21 من إنجيل يوحنا لإلهنا المجد الدائم إلى الأبد آمين